bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! Utes Nation, welcome in, welcome, welcome, welcome to another Swoop Saturday podcast presented by the Hive Sports. I am your host, Zach Rieger. Yes, I know, I'm sorry, it's just me in the studio again. I apologize, but you know, there might be a next guest on next week's. There might be a guest on next week's episode. No, it is not Post Malone. I'm still working on that. I'm working hard. The Hive Sports followers, I'm working hard, Utes Nation, because, you know, I got to do that. We got to get Post on here, you know, sometime, because he's always on here. So I'm still working on that, but you know what, Let, let's just, let's let's get over with. Let's enjoy it real early on. Let's get a little Posty in. I'm ready now to talk about some Utah sports. I don't know about you guys. I hope you guys are ready to listen, but like I said, it will not be Post Malone on next week. I will let you know if that ever becomes a thing. But it will be my boss, Daniel Olson. He heard about my slight shot last week, and you know he wants to defend himself, and I i mean, who would I be if I would not allow him to do so? I also might be in a little bit of trouble, so, you know, who knows? Maybe this will be my last uh, Super Saturday podcast, but I, I, I think we should be good. I think, uh, you know, hopefully I won't be in too much trouble uh, with them. But either way, tune in to next week's episode. But, you know, enough about that. We have this week's episode to talk about. You're listening to it now, so you don't want to hear about next week. You want to hear about what's going on now. But before I get into the agenda, you know, what we're talking about... Uh, next week and tonight, what you're going to be listening to. Feel free to follow us on social media at The Hive Sports, T H E H I V E S P O R T S, on Twitter and Instagram for that. And also, I've brought up the past couple podcasts. Don't forget to follow our new Missouri site. I know there's got to be at least another use fan in Missouri besides me, there has to be at least one. That has to be listening, but you don't have to be a Utes fan to follow them because they have the Chiefs, Royals, Cardinals, Mizzou. They just got that upset win over LSU. The Chiefs are doing good even though they just lost their first game. They're not going to lose many more. So definitely follow that. It's called the Cave Sports because, yes, Missouri is the show-me state, but, you know, it's also kind of known as the Cave State because of how many caves there are. So, kind of a fun thing on that. So, go ahead, follow that Twitter at CaveSports1, C-A-V-E-S-P-O-R-T-S-1. Yeah, I might as well just spell it all out because why not? And, you know, while you're following those accounts, I mean, I would not mind if you want to go give me a follow on Twitter as well, at ZachRieger18. Yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and spell it out for you as well since I've done that for the other ones. Z-A-C-H-R-E-G-E-R-1-8. Go follow those accounts so you don't miss 
a beat when it comes to sports in Utah, Missouri, or just in general. I tweet about a lot of sports stuff that, you know, isn't in Missouri, isn't in Utah, just sports in general. So if you want all the news, all the latest info on anything going on in sports world, be sure to follow those accounts. Alright, so now what you listeners have been waiting for, what you want me to answer, what am I going to be talking about on tonight's podcast? Like, Zach, I, I understand. You guys are like, hey, Rieger, that was way too long of an intro, dude. Let's let's get into Utah sports, and I feel you. That's my bad. I'm going to try to get a little better at that, making a little bit shorter intros. I can't promise anything, but I'm going to do my best. Anyways... What I'm doing today, what we're going to be talking about is I'm going to be answering some of the top questions coming into Utes Camp. Utes Camp is upon us. Utes Week 1 is only a few weeks away. The Vegas odds just came out. Utah was, you know, two touchdown favorites over Arizona to start off. So, you know, that that's a good sign. Vegas knows what they're doing. I completely understand, but I think we can beat Arizona by more, definitely more than 14. I would definitely take Utah on that. I, uh, you know, not a better, but I I would take that. And, you know, might as well, you know, be responsible if you're uh, one of them betting types. (laughs) But anyways, back to their camp. They have pads on now. That gets me so hype. I'm so ready. We are so close to a Pac-12 slash Utah Ute season. So I'm going to be answering a few questions about that. You know, talking about kind of camp, some of the big things. And that's going to be what I'm going to be talking about for most of these uh, podcasts going forward until the season actually starts. I'm going to be talking about that. And then I'm also going to do a nice top five Utes in the NFL for this past week, which is week five of the NFL. I I may or may not have lied to you a little bit last week when I talked about maybe an article form when, you know what, I might as well just start ranking them. You know, I've just been saying some of the top guys, some of the main guys, what have they been doing? That's no fun. Let's just rank them, you know. So we're going to do top five Utes in the NFL this week. But first, let's get into Utah. Alright, so I got one question on Twitter that I, I have to answer. I have to get out of the way. Utes fans, I'm sorry. Once again, uh, my boss, Daniel Olson, founder of the Hive Sports, you know, good guy. But, you know, he, he tweeted at me. He commented. He said, what was the last group five team to beat Utah? Well, Daniel, I know you're listening. What I have to say this is a leading question, sir. This is leading. You know, this will not hold up in a court of law. This is leading. We all know where you're getting to. But, you know what? I'll admit it. It happened, you know. Utah did lose to Utah State in 2012. I will give you that. Good for you. You got a win against one of the newest Pac-12 teams. We were still trying to find ourselves in the new conference. But, you know what? Congrats. I'm proud of you. You guys got to win. But there's a few stats I kind of want to throw in there. And that is that Utah is winning the Utah State matchup rivalry, whatever you want to call it. They're winning that 79-30. to 30. 
So that means Utah has won 79 games and Utah State has won 30. So, you know, pretty close there, definitely, with uh, four ties as well, if you want to throw those in there. And then from 1998 to 2009, the Utes have a nice 12-game win streak, which is their highest win streak that they've had, which is much more recent than the Utah State, you know, four-game win streak, which is third longest win streak, which was in the 60s. So Utah is definitely on the right track there. And also they're on the right track because they're on two straight wins. That's another thing. Yes, you know, the last group five team to win was Utah State, but that was 2012. That's like eight years ago. They've played twice afterwards. <laughs> and Utah has won both of those games. So Utah's on the right track. So they're ready to get back into that winning streak. You know what? I, I think might as well. Let's just shoot for the stars. I say we go past 12. Don't play quite as often as we used to last year. But I, that's how confident I am that Utah is just better than Utah State. I know it's conference only. And I am happy that the Mount West is playing because I'm all for football. I just want football to be played in the fall. That's, you know, that that's just a right. So I'm glad that's happening. I'm happy for Utah State. I'm happy for Mountain West. But I would love to see Utah play the Mountain West this year and to play Utah State. That would just be fantastic no matter who's at quarterback for the Utes. And now that I bring up, quarterback at the Utes that will be the first question I will talk about because that's possible that is probably the biggest question facing Utes fans right now who will be the starting quarterback this year but before we do that I do I do have to mention Daniel you know we joke a lot me and him we have a great relationship and Daniel is a great guy so make sure you subscribe to this podcast Make sure to visit thehivesports.com for all of the youth's coverage, but also just coverage for all of sports in Utah. Even high school football is going on right there, and he's doing a great job covering that. So he is doing great. No, he did not tell me to say this, so don't worry. (laughs) This is not how I'm keeping my job. But he is a great guy, so don't let his Aggie fandom stop you from missing out on some of the best sports news going on in Utah. So definitely check out thehighsports.com, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already, leave five-star reviews, do all that. He is a great guy, and he will be on next week. So to the quarterbacks. So will it be Jake Bentley, the graduate treasurer from South Carolina? Will it be Cam Rising? Or will it be Drew Lisk? You know, we can't rule him out. Kyle Whittingham is not has not written him out, you know, and I, I respect that because you have to have respect for Drew Lisk. He's a f- senior, been with the program for four years, fantastic individual, great locker room guy. But for the sake of our argument, we're going to be talking about Jake Bentley versus Cam Rising, who are the two main guys who could be the starter this year. I do not project Drew Lisk. I don't think anyone is projecting Drew Lisk. I, if you can find someone that says Drew Lisk will be the starter in 2020, props to you. I'm not even going I will say props to the analysts that you see, but also props to you for finding them. Because that, that's pretty impressive. Not going to lie. So here is my opinion. It will be Cam Rising. 
it it just it will be it makes way too much sense i love jake bentley but it just it makes too much sense cam rising is the answer in my very first article with the hive sports i talked briefly about the quarterback competition my article was how to replace utah's one-two punch and tyler huntley and zach moss you know tyler huntley being number one Zach Moss be number two. It, it just, it was too perfect. I, I'm a punny guy, so, you know, I had to do that. So, don't judge me too much based off my article title. But, you know what? I had to talk a little bit about the quarterback competition, and I talked in there about how Cam Rising, I said great things about each side. I made my case for Cam Rising and Jake Bentley. But ultimately, I decided Rising is the guy, and my thought on that has not changed one bit. In short, Rising is more athletic, he's younger, and he's been with the program longer. I mean, what what else do you want from that? More athletic, younger, and been with the program longer. The fact that he's younger and been with the program longer than Bentley is pretty impressive. When you just look at it like that, and he's the more athletic guy. So, in short, like, just in that, he should be, even though he has not played a collegiate snap. But, like, I think that will be okay, especially for Utah. He was with Utah all last year, the very successful Utah team that was ranked number five in the country at one point. And if they will beat Utah, or, yeah, of course they can't beat Utah. And if Utah will beat Oregon, they would have been... In the college football playoff, I fully believe that. I know a few ESPN college football analysts were saying that, oh, even if they would have won the Pac-12 championship last year, they would have made it. I, I don't buy that. If they they played as well as they did, they were number five heading into that. If they would have won, they definitely should have been in the college football playoff. So very talented team. And Rising was with them. He was with the program last year after transferring from Utah. And he spent game days in the press box with offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig. So he not only got to experience Ludwig and, you know, kind of form that relationship, being in the press box together every game, talking, you know, just forming that bond that you need between an offensive coordinator and a quarterback. But Rising also found out you know, some of his play calling tendencies and how he can rate that and how he can relate that back to his play. And so just that greater relationship. Yes, you know, you should have a good relationship, just a good personal relationship with your offensive coordinator if you're a quarterback. But also knowing his tendencies. Oh, it's third and medium. What is what does Ludwig like to do in this situation? If Rising has that information in his head already, he kind of knows. It's like, oh, he doesn't want to take the deep shot on third down. I know not a lot of people would like to take the deep shot on third and six. They'd rather just pick up the third down. But that was just the first example that came to my head. You know, just different situations where Cam can figure out what Ludwig likes to do on certain situations. Oh, they're pinned back. Does he want to just do a QB sneak? To, you know, get a few more yards, or do, does he want to do a play action? Does he want to send it? What does he want to do? Cam has had those conversations and has figured out through his play calling tendencies. And so he, he just, he knows what Ludwig wants to do with the ball. 
So I think just in that, that is just amazing. So just the mental area, because quarterback is such a mental position. Most people can throw a ball decent, you know. I w- not not to brag, but you know, I was third string quarterback in middle school. I, I could throw a ball a little bit, <laughs> but it's all about the mental aspect that comes in reading coverages, knowing what to do in certain situations. You know, like you have to be able to do what you need to do to succeed. <laughs> as simple as that sounds. So through all of last year. Cam got all the scouting uh, work, got to sit in the press box with his offensive coordinator. That's definitely a plus. So he has that mental edge. But then also, he really impressed, and coaches were raving about him on the field. So that means, that says two things to me. One, you know, he's an athletic, talented quarterback. And two, he can apply what he has learned onto the football field. So if he's up in the press box, he's learning from Ludwig, and all of a sudden he comes down to the field and he can he can prove it, and that is huge that he can actually do that and not just you know oh oh just kind of nod along and be like oh yeah definitely definitely coach yeah that that'd be a good idea and then we'll come down and struggle on the practice field. So all last year, coaches were raving about his talent. And so I think I just think Rising is the right guy. I do like Jake Bentley. I'm from Missouri, so you know I've cheered for Mizzou, which plays Jake Bentley in South Carolina like every year. Bentley is talented. He definitely is. I have a ton of respect for him. I love him coming to Utah. I love his commitment to Utah, where Whittingham literally told him, "If you come to us, you will not get the starting job unless you earn it." I respect him a ton I for actually like accepting that. And people saying if there wasn't a season, he said, no, I'd stay with Utah. I would not go to the NFL draft. So I respect Bentley. I love his work ethic. I love his mindset. But I just think Rising is the right option. And how I said earlier, Rising is more athletic as well, which is much more of a transition um, which makes the transition much easier, I should say, because his that makes his play style so much similar to Tyler Huntley's, where Ludwig and the Utes had so much success. Bentley has a beautiful arm, beautiful throw, but he just he is not a runner. He ha- he has a couple big running games just because that's how the games played out. But you can't really do like design quarterback runs with him. And I just think the transition anyways is a plus. Then especially when you factor in the shortened and kind of weird offseason that this has been. Like Utah was practicing and they didn't even know if they would play this fall. So especially now it's very important to kind of have a little bit smoother transition. And Huntley is definitely more athletic and more of a running quarterback than Rising is, but Rising is much has much more of that mobile ability that Huntley had. So I it's Cam Rising. Like I fully believe Cam Rising should be the option. He's younger, more athletic, and he's been with the program longer. Like that that's really all you need. So it should be Cam Rising. So that was the big one. That that was a big question everyone, you know, wants to know. I d- haven't kept 
necessarily kept it a secret, you know, with my first Utes article, and then uh, someone tweeted out, uh, comment your uh, prediction, and he said that he would retweet it, uh, whoever the right answers were, and so everyone was saying either Kim Rising, Jake Bentley, I wish I could say there was a Drew Lisk out there, because I do love Drew Lisk, I like what he's done with Utah, he, he's a program man, he, he's he's talented, he is not bad, he is not a bad quarterback, but he just doesn't have the upset that the other two have, so I did not see any of him, but I, I put Camp Rising, and I literally just put my simple three just like that, so now hopefully you know a little more in depth about why Cam Rising should be the starter, but I do have to put a little disclaimer, if Jake Bentley is the starter, I'm fully okay with that. I respect him. I love his game. But I think it'll be Cam Rising. So hopefully I'll get that retweet. If not, you know what? It's still okay. Go Utes. <laughs> but that did take up a lot of time, which, you know, I want to say I was surprised that it did, but I'm really not that surprised. So I'm only going to talk about one other topic before I get into my top five Utes in the NFL of Week 5, and that is the secondary because the Utes have to replace every single person in the secondary. You know, the secondary is four for most teams. For the Utes, that's five. Because they normally just do two linebackers. So that's like five, four at the minimum, but like five spots they have to fill their defense. I know the Utes are known for a great defense, and you see them in the NFL. The former Utes, DBs, linebackers, even D linemen. I'm going to be touching on. Actually, each of those uh, groups in my top five. So they're very talented, but it's, I mean, that's still a lot, especially in a kind of a short and weird offseason. I cannot stress that enough. It's going to be a weird season. The Utes really should win the Pac-12, but like, and, and I mean, I believe that they will. But it's going to be kind of tough just because it, it's a weird season. So I could just see some random team in the Pac-12 just all of a sudden, oh, yep, sorry USC, sorry Oregon, sorry Utah. We're going to take the ship this year. Just if there was a year that some random team would win the Pac-12, I think it would be this year. But I'm not going to get too much into that because you know what? That I mean, you really can't get too much into that. That's pretty much all there is. It's just that there's a possibility, so Utah, I still think Utah will win. But anyways, they're secondary, let's get into that. So when you look at the defense, you have the defensive line, the linebackers, and the secondary. Two of those three groups have at least one returning starter defensive line. Has Tafua, the linebackers have Lloyd. But the secondary, like I just said, they're replacing everyone. But there's still a lot of hope for this group. There's a couple reasons behind that. One, the success that they have had years on years. You see so many great Utes secondary players in the NFL right now. And there's a reason behind that. Great coach. Like, great coaching. (laughs) And then just an amazing program. Great talent. So there's a lot of hope just for that reason. And then more specifically, the main reason for that is Clark Phillips III. He's a 
physical four-star cornerback, highest-rated recruit in Utah history. He was actually supposed to go to Ohio State, but he decided, but he decided to come to Salt Lake City instead because because he loved the stability in the coaching staff. He loved the opportunity to play right away, contribute right away. And that says a lot because he still wants to win championships. He's not coming here to, you know, just get playing time. He could go anywhere and get playing time. No, he believes in Utah. He believes in the program, believes in the coaches. You know, he will get championship opportunities, and he should because he is very talented. Like I said, the top highest-rated recruit in Utah history, which is awesome. And then the other cornerback spots, right now, Phillips is kind of playing more than nickel right now since he is still going to be a freshman. But he could play outside some at times, and I project that he will at times. The other cornerback spots will be mostly filled by Bronson Boyd and Jatravis Broughton. Boyd is the only member of the Ute secondary that's started a game in 2019. So that just shows how young and how inexperienced this secondary group will be. But beside, like, you have to factor that inexperience for sure. But they're still so talented. And Boyd has good hands. He switched from wide receiver. And he was a huge special teams contributor. You will see that everyone in the secondary is was a huge special teams contributor. Which just, to me, that shows that, you know, they've had the heart. They've had the will. They want to play football. They don't care. They, special teams is a huge aspect of the game. But not a lot of people are like, oh, I won't play special teams. The great special teams players, they have the heart. They have the mindset that it doesn't matter. We're going to win. We're going to beat our opponents. I'm going to play harder than he will on the next step, on the next snap. So just all of that, having that grind mentality that I know uh, the defensive coordinator of Utah puts on these guys. Then Broughton, he played on four games of defense last year. And like I said, he was also, you know, he also contributed on special teams. And both of them, Boyd and Broughton, have very good height at six foot. That is, that's pretty cool. If you could have both two six foot cornerbacks that are athletic and have that mindset, have that will to do, they are going to be very successful. You throw in Carkfield. Oops, who's 5'11", so, you know, not far from six foot. You know, taller corners, that, I mean, that's tough. Because if you're quick enough, you're athletic enough, you know it just enough, your height can kind of bail you out because it makes throwing, it makes it harder for the quarterback to throw into certain windows. A lot tougher when you are, you know, a taller DB. So that, I mean, that's great. And then when you look at the safeties, after we go back from corners, you have R.J. Hubert and Vontae Davis. Hubert uh, should be the free safety next year. He's a very smart player, very intellectual. He was a Pac-12 All-Academic player last season, so props to him. That's awesome. And that shows that you can he could literally balance a tough workload academically and do what he needed to do on the football field. So, props to him. That's awesome. He appeared in 10 games last year. Then, Vontae Davis, the projected strong safety, playing six games on the defense last year. 
But guess what? Both of them are also six foot. So the Utes, even though they might not be, you know, very experienced, they're very athletic and they're very tall. They reach like what they need to do. Like I don't know a single quarterback that wants to verse a defense that has at least four six foot defensive backs. So that is fantastic. Quarterbacks will have a very difficult time throwing the ball over them. All 1v1s. They'll have a difficult time throwing it into certain windows on certain routes. So the Utes secondary should be pretty good despite that. Despite their inexperience. Just because of their athleticism. Their mindset from what I've figured out. And they're, they're all at least six foot. Besides Clark Phillips, who's 5'11", but he's going to be a stud regardless. So, just the youths, I don't think, have anything to worry about in the secondary position. Might be a little weird. Might get a little getting used to. If they give up a lot of yards to Arizona in week one, I I would not be surprised just because it's shortened offseason, kind of weird. Definitely, you know, unconventional. So, I could see them getting up some yards. Uh but definitely by the end of the year, you know, when it hits crunch time, I I think the secondary will be very talented. Morgan Scully is going to have his guys ready. And he's also the primary safety coach. He was the safeties coach before he was the defensive coordinator. And he just never gave up the safeties coach title. So he will still coach them and have them very well prepared and very ready for each and every game. Uh, the safeties for sure, and I'm sure he's going to throw the cornerbacks in there as well since they are the DBs. So, I know I only talk about two position groups there, quarterback, secondary. But if you want to hear more topics, comment, message me on Twitter. That's at ZachRigger18. Or, you know, you can also comment on any of at the Hive Sports, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know, whatever works best for you. If you want to hear me talk about, you know, another position group, another question, you know, I, I'm always down to hear more questions. It's more questions. I, I'm here for the people, you know. <laughs> I want to make sure that Utes fans are fully prepared. They have all the insight. They want to hear other people's knowledge. They want to, you know, ask some tough questions. I'm here for it. I am definitely ready for that. Um so I know this week was kind of the big one, but I ended up only talking about like two questions, three technically with the Utah State one, but meh, <laughs> we don't need folks on that too much. So I'm definitely still willing to answer any questions anytime soon. We can definitely throw some in to the next one, uh, to the next week's Swoop Saturday podcast. And you, if you answer it before we we record or not if you answer if you ask me a question on social media or ask the Hive Sports question before uh, we record our podcast next week, you know, you you won't only have my opinion or my thoughts, you will also have Daniel Olson's, who, huge sports guy as well, obviously, you know, he started this whole network so far. Um, so it might be kind of good, and then that way you could hear a little back and forth uh, between me and him. So you kind of hear some of that. Cause if I say something, then he's like, wait, ask me a question about it. I have to come back with it. So it just strengthens arguments either side. 
So be sure to keep asking questions. Keep those comments coming. I know I love them. Uh, but anyways, you know, that that's it for uh, the current youths. Let's go to the former youths, the youths of the NFL. And yes, tomorrow the NFL is back for week six. And honestly, these former youths have been playing out of their mind. They've been playing so good, so amazing. Like, I cannot stress that enough. Like, I'm so excited to get into this top five list. But, like, it's tough. I don't know how uh, Daniel does it. He does just a top five Utah guys in the NFL. So, that's not just Utah. Like, Utah, Utah State, BYU, all of them... He does a top five, and <laughs> I know I messaged him on Twitter and commented on this thing uh, that, you know, if they keep playing this well, they uh, we might need to start doing a top ten because I had a hard time just figuring out my top five for Utah, like the University of Utah. So I don't know how he's been doing it the past couple weeks with, you know, two other schools at least. So they've all been playing so well. Like, you know, I'll give props to the former BYU, former uh, Utah State Aggies. You know, I'm going to give credit to them as well. But this is a Utes podcast. We're going to be talking about the Utes. And before I get into my top five list, I do want to point out Zach Moss, you know, leading rusher in Utah history, is expected to play week six after missing multiple weeks. He will play the Chiefs and... So, you know, there's some possibility there. I don't know what his workload will be uh, from what I've got right now. I don't know if he'll go back to kind of regular where we're splitting pretty close to 50-50 or if they'll kind of ease him in. But he has missed a couple. He's missed quite a few weeks. I know the last two weeks he was both questionable. So I feel like most likely he should be kind of back to normal and he should kind of get that 50-50 split with uh, Devin Singletary. I thought possibly uh, Le'Veon Bell was going to go to the Bills. Uh, a lot of analysts kind of projected that. And I, I could have definitely seen that fit. I would have understood. Uh, but that definitely would have hurt Zach Moss's potential and his, you know, season output. So from a Utes fan's aspect, I'm excited for it because Zach Moss should get back to what he was doing. Singletary did look good. In Zach Moss's absence, but you know, against the Titans, he did not look too good, and he made a few people miss, but he still was not very efficient. So it'll be good to get Zach Moss back on the field and and to see what he can do. I still think he can take over that backfield. It will be a little bit tougher now after Singletary did well in his absence. In his absence, injuries are always tough for guys because. Yes, they're tough because it's an injury. You don't want to get injured. But also, like, you can lose your spot. If you're competing with a guy, all of a sudden that gives that guy a bump. So it might be a little bit more. They probably will go by committee for most of the remaining of the year at least. But I still think Zach Moss is the more talented back, even though Singletary did look. He did look pretty good. I will give him credit. I have nothing against Devin Singletary. Uh, but then the other guy I want to talk about is Jalen Johnson, quarterback for the Chicago Bears. He did not make my top five this week. He just didn't make enough kind of splash plays, big plays. Really anything to vault me to my top five since, you know, former Utah have been playing so well. 
But, like, Jalen Johnson has been so amazing. He's been a steal in the second round. I still don't. I have no idea how he lasted until the second round. I'm a Tessie Titans fan. That's not any news to anyone. I would have been more than happy to have him in the first round. So, I just, I don't know how I felt the second, but he has been, like, the top rookie quarterback in the NFL this year. He's been playing so well. So, I just have to imagine him, at least, even though he's not my top five list. Next week, he'll be playing the Panthers. So, I mean, he'll have a pretty tough task with Rob Anderson and DJ Moore. Uh, kind of whichever one he's on. Both are very athletic, very good wide receivers. But Jalen Johnson has shut down good wide receivers so far this year, and he's only like 21 years old. So, fantastic work for him. But anyways, on to the top five. Let's get to it. I, not going to lie, there, there's a decent chance I talked about those two guys before, or uh, a little bit more than I'm going to talk about these five guys. You know, those are two guys I'm very passionate about that I uh, just, you know, honestly admire. I, I'm, I'm a fangirl for him. I, I'll admit that. <laughs> you know, they're just both very talented and just in very good situations and have played well so far. So I think they'll be very good. So it was worth mentioning, I think, in my opinion. But number five, we have Devontae Booker running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. Let me just tell you, it feels so good to say Devontae Booker's name again. I know I brought him up a handful of weeks ago when I was talking about a fantasy outlook. And I was like, yeah, Devontae Booker, you know. He might not see the field a lot. Definitely don't get him on your fancy rosters. I still recommend do not get him on your fancy roster. But it's good to actually see him get some work done. Last week against the Chiefs, he put up seven rushes for 62 yards. That is an 8.9 average yards per carry, which is awesome. Also got a catch for five yards, which is pretty cool. But anyways, you know, was that eight touches for almost 70 yards? That's pretty impressive. Almost, you know, 10 yards a carry or 10 yards a touch. So, very cool. He, with those stat lines, he actually played a pretty, pretty sizable role in the Raiders stunning the Chiefs 40 to 32 last week. So, fantastic. I love seeing Booker have a great game. I was so big on him coming out of college. Like, and that was at the point in my life where I liked the Utes. You know, I, I really did like them, cheered for them. I, I don't know if I ever cheered for a team over the Utes. But, you know, I liked them. But I wasn't, like, a huge diehard Utes fan yet. But, like, I just I loved Devontae Booker. I loved his game. I loved his physicality mixed with his slight elusiveness. And just, like, I loved Devontae Booker coming out of college. And... You know, I really would have wished that he would have done better in Denver. I think he could have. But all of a sudden he came to Las Vegas, and I did not think he would really do too much. I'm not going to lie. But he he's shown flashes again. He's starting to look more like the Devontae Booker that I'm used to seeing. This is still Josh Jacobs' backfield. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Devontae Booker is going to be the starter here anytime soon. But for him to have this great of a game... It was fantastic. Next week he has the bye. You know, he can relax, focus up on uh, what he did well, what he's been doing well this season because he he has looked pretty good. So it's fantastic to see Devontae Booker doing well in the NFL again. 
I love to see it. Seven rushes, 62 yards, 8.9 yards a carry. Fantastic week. The Raiders upset the Kansas City Chiefs. I know I'm a co-founder of the Cave Sports website, so I read a lot of Chiefs articles, but, you know, good good for Devontae Booker. <laughs> That's what I'll say to that. Good for Devontae Booker. All right, so number four, we have Julian Blackman, free safety for the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts did lose to the now 4-1 Cleveland Browns. You know, who would have thought that the Browns would be 4-1? But I do have to say a little fun fact. I also just, outside of my Hive Sports, Cave Sports, uh, you know, resume, I also do write for a Cleveland-based website that is called the Cleveland Sports Talk. Not not the Cleveland Sports Talk, but... It's just called Cleveland Sports Talk, CLESportsTalk.com. Definitely go check them out. They have a lot of, you know, good articles. If any of you guys are Browns, Indians, Ohio State fans, uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, But I do their Players to Watch article each week. So I do an article for them once a week. It's a pretty steady process. So I do their Players to Watch. I just have to say, I write for the Cleveland Browns, and they're now 4-1. and one. So I just want to bring that up because I feel like Utes fans should be in, uh, should feel like they're in pretty good hands. You know, now that I write for you guys, cover for Utah. You know, if the Browns can go to 4-1, and one, that, you know, who knows what the Utes can do. So I, I just want to, once again, say that you guys should be in pretty good hands. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, you know, uh, enough of a fun little tangent there. But Blackman got the start again to free safety. He's been on a very talented Colts defense. He has been awesome. He got four tackles against the Browns, which I honestly think is a pretty good number. I think that's a pretty good, like, kind of middle-of-the-ground number that you should be looking for. Because as a safety, you don't want a ton of tackles. You don't want, like, nine, ten tackles. Because that means, like, nine times out of ten, the other team was just moving the ball on you, and they either had long runs or very good chunk passes that, you know, you as a safety got stuck into. But then also you don't just want, like, one tackle, because, I mean, that's kind of tough. If you just have one tackle, that's kind of tough to show, like, oh, yeah, no, I played very well. I had one tackle on the... Score sheet. Don't don't get me wrong. Don't don't fire me. Don't replace me. So I I think that was very good. Uh, Julian Blackman has just been a stud on the back end for the Colts, which are already a talented defense. Next week they're playing the Bengals, so he should be in for another big game. Joe Burrow has looked good, but also he did not look good last week against the Ravens defense, and the Colts defense is very comparable to the Ravens defense with pass rush linebackers and secondary. So the Colts defense isn't quite on the Ravens level, but they're they're pretty close. So Julian Blackman should have a big game, a de- decent amount of tackles, and then should have some pass breakups and uh, stuff like that because most likely the Bengals are going to have to throw the ball a lot because I think the Colts will be in the lead for most of this game. So, Julian Blackman should have a good week next week. Number three, we have Cody Barton, linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. 
Cody freaking Barton. Let me tell you. I mentioned him a few weeks ago just because he had a huge hit on a special teams on a Sunday night game. I was watching him play. Uh, I mean, I wasn't really being completely honest. I was more just watching the Seahawks game. I wasn't watching Cody Barton too heavily. All of a sudden, he had a huge shot on special teams, so I had to make a note on the podcast. So, he's moved a lot, because fast forward to this week, now the second-year linebacker, he actually got the start this week against the Vikings on Sunday night, and he got 14 tackles. That was incredible to see. I, I've talked about safeties, how, oh, they, they want, like, kind of four or five tackles or so something. No, linebackers, you want a ton of tackles, and that's 14 that is unbelievable. I'm so happy for Cody Barton. Fantastic. The Seahawks are on a bye this week, so he'll also get a you know relax a little bit. But that is unbelievable for Cody Barton. So happy for him. 14 tackles. I'm excited to see you know what this brings, what this you know continues to be because he is very talented. He's shown a lot of flashes. So for him to get 14 tackles in a game. Unbelievable. Number two, <laughs> Lecky Fotu. And although the last couple guys did get a start for their NFL team, Fotu did not. And he he's just subbed in on the Arizona Cardinals defensive line. But he's, you know, a rookie. And he got a tackle for a loss that was just a, very impressive against the Jets. I know it's the Jets, but it was still very impressive. To me, this showed that his role with the defense will grow very much for the Cardinals. And I just think there were just a couple plays that he made that he might not have gotten the tackle for loss. But like he just he had so many plays where he just was involved and pressured the offense that he just needed to be number two. Because I think this was kind of a coming out party for him. And his role will only grow. Next week, he's facing the Cowboys. On Monday night, so should be should be a good game. Should be a very good game. I would not be surprised if O2 gets uh gets some good plays. And then number one, it it's it's the obvious number one. Like it it's so obvious, guys. It's it's Alex Smith, quarterback for the Washington football team. His stats are nine of seventeen for thirty seven yards. I mean, that in itself should, you know, really do it. <laughs> no, but that does not matter that he only threw for 37 yards. What this guy went through to come back and play the game that he loves, to me, is just unbelievable. I brought him up multiple times on this podcast, and it's just unreal. The thing is, too, like in this one, it, it was who he was playing. He was playing the Los Angeles Rams. Aaron Donald was in his face the whole game. I saw so many bad tweets and stuff about how the Washington offensive line was trying to, you know, re-retire Alex Smith or get him hurt. Like, it, it, some of the stuff was pretty funny, I'm not going to lie. But, like, it, it's bad to see, like, all those tweets. But, like, it was true. Like, the Washington offensive line did not help him at all. The, I know the Rams defensive line is amazing, and they were in his face the entire time. But Smith showed, like, zero fear. Like, he got sacked right away, and that kind of first sack, first time he went on the ground, that was a huge thing for, like, NFL fans to see. Like, 
oh, he went down, will he get back up? And he popped right back up. He showed zero fear. He actually dragged Aaron Donald on his back for a play. And then after he went down, popped right back up. Like, it, it was unbelievable. Smith's family was in the stands. And honestly, just an amazing moment. Like, he, he has to be number one. It's such an easy call. Unfortunately, Kyle Allen will be the starter again next week. He's now healthy again. I don't want to say it's unfortunate that Kyle Allen is healthy again, but he is, and so he will be playing next week against the Giants. He's got the start, but, like, it's New York Giants versus Washington football team. This is A1's game, and who knows? Smith could definitely end up being on the field again. I just cannot stress enough how amazing it is that he was able to come onto the field, play well enough, and, you know, like, Aaron Donald was on this dude's back and in this dude's face the entire time, and Alex Smith did not care. Like, he, I'm sure he didn't prefer it, but he did not care, and he played so well, and he would pop back up every time he got hit. Like, that, that leg was looking as strong as ever, which is just unbelievable. I'm so happy for him and his family. So I, I really hope that he gets to get on the field again this year. Because he, I mean, like, it's his first game back in over a year. So, like, he didn't, you know, he wasn't throwing it downfield as much as he used to, even though Alex Smith was never really known for that. But he's still, you know, J.D. Mc, JD McKissick was his best friend coming out of the backfield. So he didn't throw very far. You see nine completions for 37 yards. That That is not a whole lot. <laughs> Uh, but I, just, I hope he can get on the field again because what he's done is amazing and he just deserves he, he deserves everything that he's getting all the positive news you know still being on the roster getting chances to play it's just all fantastic I'm so happy for him and his family but that will do it that's another episode I know this was maybe a little bit longer episode but I really hope you enjoyed it I enjoyed being here with all of you guys tonight uh, before I get off, just be sure to leave uh, five stars on this podcast if you enjoyed it. I really hope you did. Uh, and then just be sure to subscribe to the Hive Sports Podcast to hear all the buzz in the Beehive State, which is Utah, of course, as you know. I mean, you, you just, that's so easy. You just hit the subscribe button. You, you don't want to miss out. Like, we're, we're giving you all the news. But that'll do it. I can't wait to uh, talk to you guys all next week. But uh, for the time being, go Utes. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.